This is USA Takedown, the best guests, all the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now it's time for USA Takedown. And everybody, it is, uh, well, let's just do it the right way. We're coming to you from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. It is USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Cura Jones uh, in studio today. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to each and every one of you. Our topic this week is going to be a little varied. Um, Live events, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about boxing. And after having witnessed it firsthand, I think boxing may be making a comeback. Certainly a hybrid of boxing and kickboxing. And... um, I'm going to suggest, Kieran, uh, he should be calling. No. Okay. Let me just text real quick. Call now. Okay. <laughs> or Mao. <laughs> now. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, attempting to get our very first guest on the show. Former co-host of this very program. And a great guy. Happens to be my barber. Okay at Paramount Barbering Company in Des Moines East Village. And uh, he'll be joining us, Zach Bogle. Also, Adam Pollock on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. We're going to talk boxing with uh, Adam. Adam is a uh, well-published author in terms of the history of boxing and uh, also a great official. He officiated the fight that we did in um, uh, Jefferson and uh, mostly the boxing uh, portion of the evening, not the kickboxing, but the boxing portion. And, uh, so we'll talk to him. We'll talk to Pat Downey, uh, rather outspoken, very, uh, loud voice, uh, in the sport of wrestling. He'll be joining us to talk about his match with Kyvan Gadsden, also Brooks Reynolds, Spencer Lee, and, uh, Joe Brammer all in our number two. So with that, let's go to the co-founder stalemate channel on YouTube, former co-host of USA takedown and the founder of the stalemate street league. He joins us now to Zach Bogle. Good morning, Zach. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you guys doing in there? Oh, we're trying to blow it up uh, like you guys are uh, at Stalemates. <laughs> you guys are getting uh, uh, just diving in in a big way in a very short period of time. Congratulations on all your success. Hey, thank you. It's, uh, it's good to hear your guys' voice, and it's, it's uh, good to be on this side of the phone as well. August 13th is the date you have selected, uh, you and your partner, of, of having the very first ever street league event. Tell us about the literal foundation of the event. Oh, uh, okay. Well, this is our second year in doing this whole stalemates venture. Uh, for those who don't know, we are a wrestling uh, podcast and YouTube channel, and we just tr- like to create, you know, alternative uh, content for the sport of wrestling, this sport. It's the greatest sport and oldest sport of all time, and right. it's um, traditional, as you know, Scott, and so we're trying to do things from a different angle. And uh, this is our second year now, and we said we wanted to do a live event, something that was a little different than normal. So we hit up all of our old friends that haven't wrestled in a long time and said, hey, you want to wrestle one more time? And now here we are, and now we have uh, kind of grown from there. Now we have a world team member, national champion. Um, alternates to the Olympics are on this card, so... We're excited to uh, get this going, and I'm um, excited to put on a show for the fans. And I found it interesting. You haven't had a lot of uh, people say no. As a matter of fact, it's a rather impressive card. Can you uh, describe for us where 
and when and and what can people uh, expect from this event? So the event is August 13th. It is in Des Moines, Iowa at the Forte Banquet Event Center. It's um it's more of like a ballroom setting, so um, it'll be very intimate. There's going to be around 400 people or so in attendance, and um, so you can buy tickets. Actually, you can go to you can find us on social media, Stalemates or Stalemate Show, and uh, there's a link in our bio if you want to buy tickets. There's only like 30 left. Oh wow! So I'm assuming they're going to sell out within the next week or so, which is which is good. Um, but if you can't make it, if you're listening and you're not in Des Moines, you can always watch it online. If you subscribe to our Patreon, it's only three dollars and ninety nine cents a month. Wow! And uh, you can check it out on there, really cheap. And do you have to have a lifetime subscription or anything like that? Absolutely not. You can uh, sign up just for the month of August. Check it out on August thirteenth, and you can cancel the next day if you want. We we advise that you stick around. We're gonna have some more uh, events and cool content in the future, but. Um, you know, everybody's got 10,000 subscriptions nowadays, so um, I, I totally get it. We're talking with Zach Bogle. You recognize the voice, I'm sure, uh, having been on this program for uh, quite a while, and we appreciated that. But watching him grow and uh, live up to his dreams, did you ever have an idea that, that uh, stalemates would be as big as it's, got, as it's gotten? Uh, I mean, we still got a long ways to go, but um, it's a— uh, you know, I think it's where we where we thought it would be. I guess at this point, um, which is which is good. But we we wanted to when we said we were going to do this, we wanted to really um, put forth our best effort, and I think we've done that so far with the helps of people like you and uh, and uh, Cody Goodwin at the Register and, and a lot of the local media in, in Iowa. Of course, if you want to wrestle and you want to be involved in wrestling, you should be in the state of Iowa, right? <laughs> That's my take. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the card is, um, I think, uh, genius. I really do. You you called out your old friend Mikey England, and he's on the card too, right? Yeah, Mikey the the maniac England. He's uh, he's really done a good job of promoting himself uh, post college wrestling. So uh, Mikey's actually my cousin. So that was an easy one. I think he owes <laughs> me a few favors. I'm just kidding about that. He doesn't owe me anything. But uh, Mikey is, uh, he's working up his way up the N- MMA world and, uh, he's trying to get in the UFC one day, but his background in wrestling, like you, his background in, in mixed martial arts is wrestling like many, uh, former UFC champions. I'm sure, you know, a few Scott, um, so Mikey will be wrestling Jimmy Schuessler. Um, Jimmy Schuessler was an NAIA national champion, four time all American for Grandview. And when I tell you, you know, we have, we have some We'll go through our lineup, but when I tell you that Jimmy Schuessler sold the most tickets, you might not believe that, but Jimmy Schuessler sold the most tickets by far. Wow. The Grandview Nation will be in the building. I think they bought like half the VIP tables, and I and I got word that they're going to dress up like Vikings or something like that. Like They're, <laughs> they're pumped. They're going to be having face paint on and all this stuff, they said. I don't know if they, they really are or not, but uh, I heard they're going to show up in a limo as well. So Mikey's got his hands full. Uh, Mikey wrestled at Mizzou and Iowa State. He was the state champion for Centerville back in high school and the round of 12 guy in college. So uh, this is going to be a competitive match. I love that. Now, uh, the main event, we're going to be talking with uh, Pat Downey later in this hour, but uh, that is the guy you either love him or you hate him or some combination thereof, right? Uh, exactly, this, yeah. This guy knows how to create chatter. And uh, there was this on-again, off-again 
conversation he was having with Kyvan Gadsden, and most people thought it was just in fun, but there really is truly uh, some heat there, and that's going to make this matchup that much more exciting. What What are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, you know, this was a matchup that kind of just fell into our lap when we when we set out to do this, we were not trying to get anybody that was like currently wrestling because they have the world championships uh, this fall. And so we didn't want to interfere with that, but both of these guys like to scrap. They're both competitive guys. There's a little bit of history there. They both kind of overlapped at Iowa state a little bit. Kyvin has always been very, uh, a very good advocate for Iowa state wrestling and Pat, I don't know if we can say the same. Pat was an All-American at Iowa State, but when he left Iowa State, there was a little bit of a fallout there. So a little bit. <laughs> these guys, yeah. So these two guys, um, you know, they they don't always see eye to eye, but they're both competitive. Um, they're both very good at wrestling in different ways. Pat likes to go upper body. Kyvin Kyvin says that his best style so far has been folk style. So. You know, it's at 207 pounds, a little bit of a catch weight. Pat's a little smaller than Kyvin, but Kyvin's really been uh, working out. He's been hitting the Aerodyne bikes and doing these Cuban workouts to get himself down to 207. So I got no doubt that he's going to make the weight. But if they, if they if everybody shows up and everybody makes weight, it's going to be uh, there's going to be security on the side. I'll tell you that. I can't even believe that. You know, I intend to be there. Uh, thank yep. you very much for the invite. Um, yep. What What hours, in other words, what's the day look like for you? The hours? Yeah, in other words, time our doors, uh, first match, that type of stuff. Okay, so the, the doors open at 6 o'clock, um, and the event starts at 7. But I have a feeling, if I know wrestling fans, they like to show up early and save seats. The whole thing is general mission except for the VIP tables. And because it's a ballroom setting, if you're not there early, you don't really want to be in the back because it's going to be flat. So I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a pretty early crowd, especially if I know wrestling fans. They're usually not late to stuff. So Will there be um, beer cells? Oh, yeah. You know it, definitely. <laughs> if you can't have an event called Stalemate Street League and not have beer and, and liquor in the house, which, again, there's going to be security and it's going to be a family show, but at the same time, it's going to be loud and it's going to be rowdy. We got to get these guys, uh, we got to get the wrestling fans caught up to speed because we don't want them to, show up to the call because now you can drink at college uh stadiums yep so we can't just have these wrestling fans going you know cold turkey right away and then start drinking so this is going to be a little bit of a warm-up for carver hawkeye this fall when i was at the university of iowa you could still drink in the stands really? people bring in their own bodas and that type of thing and uh, that's why i chose the first half to play herky uh, yep. because then i could drink the second half with all the rest of the fans and normally I wouldn't have to pay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling college students. Uh, <laughs> what, what you have fun. a fake ID, Scott? Oh no, never had one of those. I never needed one. Um, I, can, I can hear you winking through the phone. Yeah. Right. Wink, wink. Um, Jack Bogle, <laughs> our guest, the topic is stalemate street league. Uh, you guys have uh, gear created by um, uh, barbarian apparel, right? Yeah. Thanks to you, Scott. Uh, you introduced me to Josh who, in my opinion, is the pound-for-pound pound king of wrestling merchandise, Barbarian Apparel out of Cincinnati, Ohio. You're going to have Josh on the show, right? Right, next week. Had him on several times, but um, I think he's going to be in studio, That's right? That's correct. That, that is correct. Okay, so Josh at Barbarian is the man. If anyone out there is a wrestling fan and you have a – I'm going to do a little plug if you don't mind. I'm sure Go you don't it. mind. But he uh, 
he's really been the best. You know, if I have all these stupid, crazy ideas, as you know, Scott, and if I hit up Josh, he'd come through, he delivers. So if you guys got a team out there and you need custom team apparel, hit up Josh at Barbarian Apparel. Yeah, he will be in the studio for the first hour, so I'm booking around him, and I believe we do have Jimmy Schusler scheduled to be on the show as well. Awesome. Have you ever interviewed Jimmy before? I think I have, because for some reason I had his phone number. Yeah, Jimmy's the man, so um, <laughs> you'll have to plug his turf company as well, if you don't mind. No, no, I think that's part and parcel just to, you know, having a good time, taking care of one another. Um, and obviously, uh, health is a big concern these days. Some people are masking up again. What um, what are you guys doing to promote uh, uh, good awareness of the COVID? And um, are there going to be any kind of mask restrictions uh, put in place? No, I think if people want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. If they don't want to wear one, they don't have to wear one. Um, I think at this point, we're at the part of the pandemic where I know right now it's a little scary with numbers kind of going up, this and that. Obviously, if it gets if it gets to a point in the next two weeks where we don't think it's safe or we think we need to change our regulations, we'll do that. Um, we will have medical staff there sure. uh, for the safety of the athletes, but also if anything happens in the crowd, we want to make sure that we know what's going on. So uh, right now it's just mask optional. I feel like we're just kind of following what everybody else is doing and just going with the flow. So uh, that's what we're rocking with. I hesitate to use the word flow at any time. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can bleep that out. <laughs> and by the way, when Pat Downey's on, and I'm talking to you, Kira, be prepared to hit that dump button. Okay? Exactly. I think I told you that. You tell I can producer. only hit it, hit it so many times, so tell him to chill. Well, <laughs> and I'll put it... There's, I'll tell you what, there's not, there's one thing you don't do with Pat and that's telling him what to do, but I will, I will, I will maybe advise him to, uh, tone it down, tone it down. Keep it at least R. We can't be NC 17 on this station. Well, it is a sports station though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's part of our daily lexicon of verbiage. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't have to be, if, if I could do it for 30 years and never swear on the, on the show. Uh, I think Pat can do it for 15 minutes, don't you think? Oh yeah, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, even though he's kind of animated and he's got all he's got all the antics and stuff like that, Pat will uh, will do a good job. Have you on the uh, your YouTube channel? Have you been able to dive into the topic of name, image, and likeness? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I think this is something that goes beyond wrestling, and I think um, I but I also think it's going to affect wrestling probably a lot more than it's going to affect some of the other sports and that's because wrestling has been such an amateur sport forever whereas opposed to football and basketball these guys can play for a couple years bounce out of there and then they can go make millions of dollars um wrestling is a little bit different so those guys that are in football and basketball they don't peak in college they leave and then they they have you know careers where they get signed to agents and all this and that well with wrestling the peak for them is college. A lot of these guys, I know some of them go on to be Olympians, but some of them go on and they, you know, enter the business world, into the professional world. So for these guys to be able to sell t-shirts or merchandise, or maybe it's a deal with a car, uh, car dealership or something like that mm-hmm. during the peak of their popularity, I think it's great. You know, I, I go back to uh, Spencer Lee, who's a guest in the second hour today. Um, he was one of the very first wrestlers to, uh, signed with what Barstool and uh, I've got it written down here somewhere, but the point yeah, is, yeah, so it's, bar, it's Barstool Sports. And what's cool about that is Barstool went and signed a bunch of different athletes from every sport football, 
baseball, basketball, volleyball, lacrosse, you name it. And the very first shirt that they released was Spencer Lee. How about that? Awesome. And, and his uh, comments that he used after the NCAA championships when he said uh, uh, quitting is for wussies or something like that, that's on the Excuses shirt. Excuses are for wusses, yeah. Say, say that again. Excuses are for wusses. Yeah. And he's been, that's been quoted. He's been quoted on uh, ESPN Sports Center, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. And here we are talking about it again. But this kid is, um, you know, he had to sit out of the Olympics because uh, of injuries to his knee. And uh, I just think the world of him and a great kid. So we're going to look forward to talking to him about that. All right. So next topic I want to uh, broach with you is a conversation we're going to have probably for the foreseeable future. The okay. uh dismemberment of the uh, and I say that tongue-in-cheek but of the Big 12 Bob Bowlesby uh, has kind of been blindsided uh, and is he's accusing ESPN itself of rocking the boat and uh, the departure of two schools to the SEC most notably uh, what is it Oklahoma and Texas Oklahoma and Texas right and now we hear that Iowa State may be heading to the Big Ten. What are your thoughts? You know, as an Iowa State fan, I hope that that's fake news, but I uh, I don't know if I can believe it anymore. You know, with those two schools, those are two big universities in the Big 12, probably the biggest in terms of dollars. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of hate it. I've been an Iowa State fan all my life. I love the Big 12. I love the style of football that they play. I love the, the wrestling team race this past year with, the closest it's been in years. Um, so I would really hate to see us get buried in the Big Ten among the midst of all the other schools that are there. And then, you know, the Pac-12, I don't want to stay up late and watch those football games. So um, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. They have until I think 2025 is when it's supposed to go down. So hopefully they can figure out a way. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's who's going to cut the biggest paycheck, let's be honest. So, um I don't know. I uh, I don't know Mr. Bullsby, but if I could if I could talk to him, I'd tell him, hey, make this deal happen. Mm. And and you know Pollard is being rather reserved in his conversation about this, and rightfully so, because let's face it, um, one wrong comment can literally screw up the whole thing. And uh, and you know I don't want to see the Big Twelve go away either. I remember uh, in the past announcing the Big Twelve championships and the Big Ten championships, and man, there's some uh, you know, we go back to the Big 12 when there's only eight schools that offered wrestling. Think about yeah. that. The Big 8. The Big 8. And uh, you know, I remember going to uh, Ames and watching the Big 12, and there was only four schools. It was Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. Hmm. Now think about that. West Virginia, there's the odd man out, right? Yeah. I, I don't know that they ever truly really should have been in the Big 12, but that's the conference they chose, the uh, offer was extended to them. And I think, you know, for the most part, um, did a pretty good job, but they just weren't Iowa state. They weren't Oklahoma state. They weren't Oklahoma for that matter. Yeah. And I think too, you also don't want to be the one school that's geographically in a totally different area. It's going to be hard to get your fans to like, for instance, if Iowa state goes to the PAC 12. I know Iowa state fans travel really well and they're going to go out to Vegas for this one game, but I don't know if they're always going to want to travel, you know, four or five hour flights to go to an away game. Mm -hmm. And they have that brand new uh, promotion going on. What is it? Fly with Sai? I think. It yeah, is. I don't know. Yeah. 
Our guest, uh, Zach Bogle, he is the co-founder of the Stalemates channel on YouTube, former co-host of this very program, and now the new event, the Street League, the Stalemates Street League. Where does the name come from? Um, that is a good question. I think because, well, I think it's from the video game. Like, uh, there used to be the NBA street game and, and it was just kind of like three on three, like pickup basketball. And, and then, uh, Josh, I think used the street fighter logo. I think he thought we were going with street fighter. So we ended up just kind of, uh, running with that. And the word league comes from, we want to keep doing this and we want to have, um, like a champion at each weight. Um, right now, it's kind of not how it's set up, but I thought the name was cool, and let's let's just stick with it. But uh, you know, I think uh, I think these guys that we have have attitude, and they they're not afraid to to kind of break the mold of wrestling, where you got to be you know very robotic and not really show your personality in my opinion and right all every wrestler that we have on this card is is that was part of the thing is like hey if you're willing to go out there and put on a show we want you and it hasn't been a problem yet and those are some of the most entertaining matches by the way when guys are ready willing and able to put on a show zach bogle has been our guest and zach uh, give him uh the invite one more time as to where they can watch it in person or uh, on uh, your Patreon channel. Yeah, if you just find us on social media, we've been posting the links everywhere. Um, if you just go check us out on Twitter at Stalemate Show or Instagram, Stalemate Show or Facebook, Stalemates, uh, we have posted the links on there. You can buy a ticket. It's $25 for general admission. Um, the VIP is currently sold out. We've only got 30 general admission tickets left. So if you're going to you're gonna come in person, make sure you uh, make sure you get your tickets right now. And then also, if you want to watch it online, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash stalemate. Zach, always good to talk to you. Thanks for the uh, recent cut, by the way. It still feels good. Yeah, uh, I'll see you. I'm sure I'll see you soon. Paramount Barbering Silas or Barbering Company in the East Village, where you find Zach hard at work cutting hair. But now he's uh, putting on the hat of a promoter. And uh, Stalemate Street League is for real. Zach, thanks. We'll let you go, and we'll head to commercial timeout. All right. Thanks, Thank you very much. You bet. Uh, Our Defense Soap Newsmaker Outline has been Zach Bogle, first on the show. Adam Pollock's coming up next. We're talking boxing. Stay tuned. This is USA Takedown. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. Ah, Jamiroquai. I love that guy. Great performer. Great song. Virtual insanity. Love that. Uh, Welcome back to the show as we come to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios here in Des Moines, Iowa, 1350 ESPN. Scott Casper, Kira Jones. Uh, Great conversation with Zach Bogle. Everybody's excited about the event coming up. Well, it was a couple weeks ago when... uh, uh, many of us had ventured to Jefferson, Iowa, and uh, we got to witness, um, well, something that opened my eyes, and that was the emergence of a uh, uh, combined night of competition. It was kickboxing and then boxing. And um, our next guest was uh, the official for the boxing portion of the evening and uh, did a great job. He's Adam Pollock. Adam, good morning. How are you? 
I'm well, thank you. Good morning. You're a member of the Boxing Writers Association of America. You're a boxing referee, a judge, a former boxing coach, and an attorney. You are Correct. you put so much on your plate, dude. I don't know how you do it all. Uh, I'm efficient <laughs> and patient. Uh, the sweet science is, uh, you know, boxing has been called that by many over the years. Um, is boxing making a comeback? Your opinion? Uh, sure. I think it is in Iowa. Uh, and, you know, there's always going to be uh, good matchups to be made. And, and so it ebbs and flows like, like many other things. Mm. And as a boxing historian, um, which I think you're, you're exceedingly well written, uh, but you studied this sport. You started in what was it, 2006? You published your first work. Tell us about that. Yeah, I um, when I was a kid, I liked reading boxing biographies, but I always thought that they they could be improved upon, and I set out to try to write the biographies that I, I would have liked to have read. And so I I try to do more in depth research, try to obtain the local next day newspaper reports from writers who were actually at the fights and try to give readers a, a, a more accurate, you know, Depiction? a nicer picture of, of what really happened at right. the time. And your first book was about John L. Sullivan. Um, what did you discover about him? Well, a lot. Um, you know, you, you get a different picture of a guy's career when you're not just reading some fanciful story written 20, 30 years later. You're actually seeing what they said about him at the time. You're here, you're seeing, you know, what, how the fights actually went down. Um, you're finding out the truth about his career. You're finding out the fact that he actually was more of a glove fighter. Like uh, the stereotypical portrait of Sullivan is he's this bare knuckle guy. When the reality is he actually preferred glove Queensbury rules boxing as we know it today. Um, and that's actually the style at which he excelled at. He didn't, he didn't like bare knuckle boxing. And there was actually this tension between the old school bare knuckle and this new emerging style of glove fighting. And there was a debate about whether glove boxing as we know it today is even a real fight. Um, and so it's this clash of the old world and the new world. Mm. And he was such a phenomenal fighter that he actually made glove boxing popular and money-making. Um, part of why glove boxing emerged is because of the law. And these guys wanted to make money without having to go to jail. And there was a lot of states that had statutes that made bare-knuckle fighting a felony or, or, you know, or a misdemeanor. And a lot of times they would arrest these guys and send them to jail or put them on trial. And it cost a lot of money paying lawyers to defend them. And they'd have to sit in jail a lot of times because they couldn't pay the bail. And they didn't want to have to deal with all of that. So Sullivan's like, hey, there's this new thing called glove boxing with, with three-minute rounds and, and 10 seconds you have to get up or the fight's over. And it's a little bit different than what we, than glove, uh, the bare knuckle style. Um, and we can sort of get around the law by, by using these, and we just call them exhibitions. We don't call them real fights. We'll say this is just an exhibition, a sparring exhibition of skill. You know, this isn't a real fight, so therefore you can't charge us and arrest us. And, it, and they kind of got away with it to some degree. He still got arrested, and he still got charged several times anyway. But it was more done with a wink, and, and, it, and a lot of times the police and the politicians would kind of sort of let it slide, and they started making you know real money and going around the country doing these "Quote unquote sparring exhibitions, which were basically real fights, as in, in, you know, in terms of the way we would see it today. He was actually trying to knock these guys out, 
And in fact, he would tell people, hey, if you can last four rounds with me, I'll give you, you know, a certain amount of money. And, you know, back then, 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 200 bucks, he kept increasing the amount because people didn't want to fight him anymore because they got pulverized so fast <laughs> and his reputation grew so phenomenally that they were just afraid to get in there with him. And, and so he kept increasing the amount that he would give them if they could last four rounds. And there's very few people that could ever, you know, make it through the four rounds. And, the, and this one guy that did do it, he only did it by sort of quote unquote cheating. You know, he basically kept flopping down to the ground every time Sullivan got near him or even remotely touched him. He would just drop down to the ground, get his 10 seconds rest. Then he'd get up, cover, grab, run, and, you know, and then flop down. And he got himself to the four rounds. His name was Tug Wilson. So thereafter, everyone would say uh, if someone lasted a fight by using running, ducking, grabbing, dropping down tactic, they would call it Tug Wilson tactic. And everyone knew what they meant by that. That is, and so most people couldn't couldn't make it four rounds with him. That's amazing, though. And, and you've got um, this whole series of books, the In the Ring With series of books. Uh, you've covered uh, um, and studied champions like James Corbett, Bob Fitzsimmons, uh, James J. Jeffries, uh, Marvin Hart, Tommy Burns, and then two ambitious uh, volumes on Jack Johnson. Uh, Jack was very controversial in his day, wasn't he? Absolutely, and that's part of why the, the volumes are so big, because not only do you have his fights, but you have all of the social, racial, historical background that goes along with it. guy knew how so to dress. I, I try to include everything. <laughs> he, I think he recognized his fame and uh, made the best out of that, and uh, I really have enjoyed all that I've learned about the gentleman Jack Johnson and, uh, and his fight career. You've uh, been able to put detailed information that most boxing fans uh, didn't know. And that what's, that's what makes, uh, for me, this, the history of boxing that much more fascinating. I, I do want to talk about uh, where this thirst for knowledge uh, for, for the sport of boxing started with you. How old were you? I guess as a young teen, I just appreciated the sport. I watched that Caton uh, Jacobs documentary, Legendary Champions, that was probably produced in the 60s. And back in the VHS days, I rented it and I watched it. And I thought it was so cool that you could see fighters going back to the 1800s and the early 1900s. And you could actually literally see their fights and develop your own opinion. You didn't just have to read about them. But what you also realize is there's very few films in existence. A lot of them disintegrated. Sometimes fights weren't filmed. And so the bulk of a fighter's career, in order to, to understand what happened, you have to read or, you, have, you know, you have to find the old newspapers to find out exactly what really did happen. And so it's sort of a gap filler in a way, you know, because you can't see all of these fights. We can only read about them. And I think it interesting, too, uh, starting off in your young teenage years, falling in love with the sport. Uh, and, and again, it's called the sweet science for a reason. Uh, these guys really do train hard for their fights. Not all of them are going to be main eventers, but uh, there's some tremendous stories out there uh, of our current crop of champions, um, say over the last 10 to 15 years. Who would you say has been the best pound-for-pound pound, uh, uh, fighter out there in terms of boxing? Oh, golly. I really I hate opining in that regard. <laughs> There's just so many good fighters, and it, and it depends on your criteria. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we all know who the, the top guys are in every division. And Would you, you, you can't know who really is the best until they fight it out. And, right. you know, and enough of them, enough of the top guys fight it out 
and you figure out who really is the best. And I guess the pound for pound best is a guy that can sort of beat everyone in his weight division and do it potentially in multiple weight divisions sometimes. And, you know, who that is, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather not say. Okay. Well, I'm th- listen, part of um, what you do is, is literally enlighten uh, the reader uh, in this case, your books uh, really do enlighten the readers to much of the behind-the-scenes stuff that most people have never known before. And uh, very enlightening, by the way. Very enlightening indeed. Uh, of, i got to ask you, how many boxing books do you have in your collection? Got to be a lot. Yeah, many. I, I, I lost count. I also publish books for other other writers as well. So, you know, anyone that writes a well-researched book that adds something to history, I try to publish their books as well. And you can take a look at them at Win by KO Publications. Win by KO. Okay. Win by KO Publications. Publications.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. Is there a fight in your estimation as a... Um, well, as a judge, as an official, as a promoter, um, is there a fight that stands out on a national or international basis uh, that you have either witnessed or have watched uh, film or video of uh, that just stands out there as being literally the best fight ever? Oh, gosh. You know, you're putting me on the spot again, and, that's, <laughs> you know, it depends on what your criteria are, you know, in terms of, like, you know, skill or in terms of, you know, brutality and violence, you know, excitement, you know, there's a lot of phenomenal fights. It's like asking what's your favorite movie when you've seen like thousands of movies. Right. It's so hard to answer. You know, one of the fights I really enjoy, but depends on what your criteria are again, but I like the Leonard versus uh, Hearns fight. Oh, wow. First fight. Um, I think that that fight is kind of special. Um, maybe a lot of people today wouldn't appreciate it the way I do, but I think that fight had a little of everything. So I, I really like that fight. But, you know, if you want just a brutal, you know, war, you watch something like, you know, George Foreman versus Ron Lyle, and, you know, the skill level is relatively low, but the excitement level is extremely high. You know, so it depends on what, you, what you're really asking. I don't know if you know this, uh, but my dressing room at Madison Square Garden there was this old scale in my dressing room and I never noticed the picture on the wall behind it, but it's one of those old stand on the scale and it's uh, like brass and wood. Okay. And, uh, my producer said, well, that's the Ollie Frazier fight, uh, scale. I said like the Ollie Frazier. (laughs) Yeah. I said, man, that's been in my dressing room all these years. I'd never noticed it for what it was. But there are, you know, brief moments in history like Frank Gotch from Humboldt, Iowa, you know, having to put his hat on, the actual hat that he wore. Um, and I think you've been finding that love of boxing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been able to find that love of boxing uh, even more so today. Being an official is a very difficult uh, task for many, um, and s- some are better uh, than others. Do you model your officiating style after any one particular official? Well, I try to take bits and pieces from different officials over the years, not only modern officials, you know, my fellow officials, but also throughout the years, you know, just from watching thousands of fights throughout history. Cause you know, I have a collection of 
videos and DVDs from the start of boxing, you know, and I've watched enough fights over my years that you pick up things that you like and referees and things that you don't like. And, and I also, you know, a lot of the refereeing community is pretty cool and we all talk and we, we exchange ideas about different things that we like and we don't like. And, and there's a lot of awesome officials that I've, you know, spoke with all over the years and every now and then they'll call me or I'll call them and we talk shop and we try to, you know, improve our, our skill that way. Yeah, I remember back as a kid watching uh, fights and you would see the reporters from the various news publications literally with typewriters sitting next to the ring, okay? And when I first saw that in mixed martial arts, it wasn't typewriters, it was computers or uh, notebooks or whatever. Um, and it's it's changed, I think, uh, a little bit because of technology, but, you know, those writers that were able to tell those stories, you're accumulating all of that, you're... Um, uh, curating, if you will, uh, all that you've learned from these writers that at the time were doing their level best. That's when sports sections of newspapers were thick. You remember the big peach of the Des Moines Register? It was a special colored paper that they used for the uh, the Sunday section for sports, and it made it special. It really did. We're talking with Adam Pollock. Uh, he's live from Iowa City, Iowa, the home of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, Adam, did you go to school in Iowa? Yeah, I went to uh, law school at the University of Iowa. And you fell in love with the town. Absolutely. Great place to be. I don't know if you ever hang out at the airliner. Great pizza and a very cold beer, I might add. <laughs> They've actually been a sponsor of the show uh, for, for many years. Adam, the Boston strong boy was John L. Sullivan. Uh, I love nicknames and fighters. Um, is there? Do you have a favorite? of a nickname for a fighter the hitman hearns for example or um I, golly I, i'm not sure if i have a favorite nickname mm, that's a tough one mm-hmm. um at the turn of the century a boxer or a wrestler being a world champion in either one because there was no nfl there was no nba baseball was p- being played but not like it is today uh, so these guys were literally revered here in the States, but around the world. You know, Frank Gotch was a world champion. He would have to, if he wanted to go up and wrestle in the gold fields of Alaska, he had to use an assumed name. You know, I just, there's so much about the history of uh, uh, boxing and, and, of course, wrestling that uh, absolutely fascinates me. And I know it does you too. Adam, tell folks again where they can find your books and also if they are ready to publish, perhaps uh, how they can get that to you. Just look up uh, winbykopublications.com. Easy enough. Adam, I hope to see you again soon. I think your officiating style is outstanding, and I just I love talking about boxing with you. You're a, a tremendous advocate for the sport. I appreciate that. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Have a blessed day. Adam Pollack has been our guest on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. You're listening to USA Takedown. Kara Jones, Scott Casper with you throughout, uh, well, for the, the foreseeable future. I, I hope Kara doesn't take off and go to another radio station. <laughs> You're not going to do that, are you? No. Anyway, stay tuned. There's more. Pat Downey's coming up next. Get ready. Hang on. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. 
All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown right here on 1350. This is ESPN Radio. Streaming live, by the way, uh, to tape, and then we put it up at usatakedown.com. Go back and listen to all the uh, various shows. Uh, Maybe it's somebody you're interested in as a fighter, uh, as a wrestler, or what have you. It doesn't matter. Uh, A lot of great programming there, and no charge thanks to our sponsors like Barbarian Apparel. Also by Hear.com, great hearing aids at incredible prices. By our friends at Northwestern Mutual and, of course, Wild Rose Casino and Resorts. By PBS Landscaping. Man, I tell you what, talk about a success story is PBS Landscaping. Matt Calderberg has done an outstanding job of taking care of this community. Now with his own uh, dog training facility and boarding kennels and all that. Uh, everything that Matt touches is very personal to him, and he wants to be exceedingly successful, and he is. Matt Calderberg's PBS Landscaping and Lawn Care and also uh, Snow Removal. So everybody's busy at Calderberg's throughout the year. Also by Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines Southside by the ballpark. You can uh, visit there and see a lot of collectibles on the wall, including an autographed picture of Dan Gable. You can sit at that table, as Gable has so many times in the past. He loves it there. And mullets loves wrestlers. Okay? So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I can't text and talk at the same time, but Brooks Reynolds says he will be joining us at 10. So, uh, we are, uh, you know, <laughs> happy to have him on at 10 o'clock. We're going to be talking about his brand new restaurant at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. It used to be called uh, Master Jack's. Uh, that building uh, was uh, and became available. But, boy, once they started tearing apart the walls of Master Jack's, they found out that place needed a whole lot of renovation. And I just put together who he is because you mentioned his new restaurant. Really? So there you go. Yeah. You... We're, we're, we've been talking about that new restaurant. Um, uh, I kind of double dip in the studio for context. Uh, I work both in... The studio with Scott and upstairs with all of our awesome promotions crew. So shout out to them if they're listening upstairs. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been talking about his restaurant and we're all super excited about it. So yeah, he's, he's very much over budget. We'll get into that with him at about 10 or a little bit, a little bit after 10 o'clock. Also want to thank our sponsors at hasslefreemarketing.com. If you have an idea, let's say you have a company, um, a slogan or whatever you want to get out there. Well, they can help you uh, put together a complete collection of collectibles. And I'm talking about shirts, hats, shoes, um, jewelry. Uh, what do they call those uh, things you put around your can of pop or can of beer? Koozies? Yeah, koozies. I don't know why I couldn't think about that all by myself. <laughs> but um, uh, they do everything for you, including building you a retail website. And it's all at no charge to you. How about that? Think about that. It's your company, your brand, and all this variety of product is available uh, through hasslefreemarketing.com. I want to thank Mark Cody and his Presbyterian College Blue Hose Wrestling Program, where once there was none, now they have men's and women's uh, programs at Presbyterian. And Mark, the director 
of operations there. Also, Defense Soap could not do it without Guy Seiko. You know, we talk about how Defense Soap got started in the commercials, but literally he was a police officer in Cleveland, and he was coaching on the side, kids, kids wrestling. And uh, what he found is that uh, skin-borne disease, whether it's MRSA, Impetigo, or uh, you name it, skin-borne illness, uh, can literally destroy one's career. Look what it happened to Kevin Randleman. Uh, you know, it affected his lymph nodes and it ended up costing him his life. So Defense Soap is made with real and natural products as uh, formulated by Guy Seiko in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So he retires from the police force uh, after 30 years. And by the way, thank you for your service, Guy. Um, and he's one of my heroes of the sport because he did this uh, out of uh, generosity for his athletes. And it turns out it's a huge hit. Joe Rogan, um, the $100 million podcast king, uh, is a huge fan of Defense Soap. Terry Brands, Tom Brands, etc. There are a bunch of folks around the country that are endorsing this product line, and there's a reason why, because it absolutely works. Go to DefenseSoap.com online. You can order product there or find out the retailers near you that are carrying Defense Soap. He ships to many countries around the world, including China. He'll put together a whole pallet of stuff that's got to be shipped over there, meeting all requirements of, of shipping and all that. So he's really been able to take a deep dive uh, into, uh, you know, helping our athletes stay happy, healthy, and on the mats competing. That's huge. Also by Iowa Sports Station, 1350 ESPN. We do this show every week on 1350, also at 102.1 FM, okay? And our topic every week has to be the core of what wrestling is but we go to the newsmakers themselves okay uh, and we'll be doing that in the next hour as well taking a real deep dive into the sports and the controversy that's surrounding name image and likeness spencer lee is going to be joining us in the second segment of our number two we'll talk with joe brammer who has found a way to remain involved in mixed martial arts uh through his uh, training centers and uh, done a great job in uh, uh, providing training. As a matter of fact, Johnny Case was the main event uh, at uh, one half of the main event at Jefferson at the Wild Rose Casino uh, combined night of fights. And I'm saying there were boxing and kickboxing events. First half of the night was kickboxing. The last half was boxing. Well, that, you know, Johnny's got a tremendous record. I think it's 21 and seven in the UFC. He'll be, and that's wins and losses. Correct? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so he goes, okay. <laughs> great great question. <laughs> he, he prefers the wins, by the way. Oh. Uh, he will be going back to Japan, uh, one championship, I think it's called. Uh, they're paying him very well, including three round trips back home and back to work again in Japan. But, uh, man, that's first class from Japan. That's, that's a nice flight. That's something, yeah. Uh, 13 hours. Uh, so... I know this is a wrestling show yeah. and we talked about this a little bit in our other show, but I think that we need to address Simone Biles. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting topic in that, you know, on that particular show, it's called talk therapy, the mental health show. We had just spent an entire hour talking about um, elite level athletes and the struggle they may be having with mental illness. Scott Bruxfort uh, joined us on that show, a former Division One and Division Two basketball player uh, struggling with addiction, uh, alcoholism, 
and all of that and uh, really becoming a vocal advocate using his own life and life's experience to help other people, encourage other people to seek professional help and uh, deal with whatever it is. I mean, let's face it. We're here for such a short period of time. Shouldn't we enjoy the time we have here? Absolutely. You know? I think you we know, all struggle with different YOLO, things. YOLO, right? What? YOLO. What is that? You only live once. It's old. I've never heard that. What? I've never heard that. Uh, <laughs> YOLO. I never heard that at all. I've heard the saying, but not I, the... Uh, I need a sound bite of you <laughs> saying YOLO, and I'll put it on a button up here, and I'll just... YOLO. <laughs> I love that. Um, anyway, enjoyed our conversation with uh, Scott Bruxfort. And then, of course, uh, it was just a few days later where Simone Biles announces that she's uh, retiring from the gymnastics big program and perhaps from the balance of the Olympics. So keep in mind, she has been looking at this moment her entire life. And there are brief glimpses of uh, gymnastic greatness that you'll see, you know, she's got 10 or 11 things that she's invented. You know, that says a lot about not her, her capabilities, but she's put an enormous amount of pressure on herself and others have put even more on, not just the fans, but the promoters, uh, USA Gymnastics, uh, and, and a bunch of folks from around the outside. And she's very marketable, very marketable person. She wants to do it in a, uh, and be very public about her mental illness because she realizes that she's not alone in her suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I think we're seeing more and more athletes, uh, el the elite level athletes coming out and recognizing and not being fearful of talking about it. Uh, today we had on Steve Carlin from channel eight, a very visible person, five, six, and 10 every single weeknight of the uh, year. Uh, you'll find Steve Carlin on KCCI channel eight here in Des Moines, CBS affiliate. Um, but he was very brave in coming out the way he did and his kids found out about it from his Facebook. Think about that. Instead of telling them he chose to go public first, he yeah. probably given the opportunity would do it differently now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, his family's seeing all the love and support that are being poured out for him, uh, by the general public, you know, longtime viewers of KCCI or whatever, uh, when a, an official, uh, statement is made by an individual. Uh, there's a whole lot of folks standing there ready to help. And I find that very endearing. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it adds a lot of strength, I think, to his recovery, his program, his walk through life that uh, perhaps he didn't have before. Absolutely. And I think Simone is going to see that same kind of support. I hope that she's paying more attention to the people who are like, cheering her on and mm -hmm. saying you know take care of yourself it's so courageous that she's putting herself first rather than the people who are like well she's letting her team down she's letting her country down and you know we we all talked about this earlier in the morning but you know no she's not in any if anything she's doing her team herself and her country a service mm -hmm. by saying you know what i think i've got to take a step back yeah here's somebody else who i think can do can do this move, can bring us the gold, right? can get us the gold. And, you know, taking that time, making sure she stays healthy so that she can come back and perform maybe even better than she was. I think the United States is leading in the medal count. Okay. 
Uh, we're either leading or we're in the top three. Yeah, yeah. And that'll change each and every day of the Olympic Games. And, uh, you know, what a job Tokyo's done flying in the face of a pandemic that's literally raging over there. Mm -hmm. But uh, the athletes are being protected, and and so are the coaches, by not having fans in the stands. I never thought I'd watch an Olympic Games where many of the venues would be sold out. Uh, some, you know, perhaps don't enjoy that largesse, but I believe that the um, gymnastics was always well attended. Mm-hmm. And being that this is a moment for you in your career uh, to literally shine and be the very best you can possibly be and search out for that uh, world or Olympic gold, you know, that was a brave move by her because one half inch, okay, to the left or the, to the right, in the vault, for example, can spell disaster, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. It can end your career. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I. No uh, thanks. No, no. <laughs> I, we're challenged enough by doing this show. I got to tell you. <laughs> Imagine scooting one inch to your left and then just having a career-ending mouth or throat injury. Right. Like that's the kind of pressure she's under. Um, so I can't like. I can't imagine, I can't believe that she's stayed in the game this long with that kind of pressure on her. It's so scary. Um, just, she's, she's doing the right thing. Like, personally, I want this on record. She's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I'm, I'm tremendously supportive of people that do make that decision. It's brave. Um she is doing her level best to pr- uh, protect gymnastics, protect Team USA, and her team, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and did it allow an opportunity for a teammate to shine? It surely did. Absolutely. And that's, that's wonderful for me. Uh, team USA in swimming has done very well. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to hear the perspective of these athletes now more than ever before because of the brave move that she made, okay, and, and taking herself out of competition. Um, we talked a little bit with uh, Zach Bogle. He's the founder of um, uh, Stalemates Channel on YouTube, and he's got an event coming up here in Des Moines on August 13th. We're going to be joined in the studio that day by the founder of Barbarian Apparel as our special guest co-host. Mm-hmm. He's agreed to join us for an hour uh, we're booking around him. So in other words, we know what individuals uh, are going to be talking about when he, they come on the show with him as a co-host. And I, for one, am looking forward to reconnecting with uh, with uh, the owner of Barbarian Apparel, Joshua Sasfi. We first met at a fundraiser on the roof of a uh, studio in Los Angeles. We were at a dinner, a fundraising dinner. Randy Couture was the uh, the uh, the main speaker but it was a night of celebration of Greco-Roman wrestling. And uh, Josh and his wife were absolutely sitting at the same table with me. We became friends. And then he became a sponsor. And uh, we couldn't ask for a better relationship. Coming to town, putting out his wares at the uh, Street League event at Forte uh, is going to be interesting because he's got a whole line of stuff mm-hmm. uh, built around the Stalemates brand, plus other barbarian uh, apparel gear. So uh, I hope that you folks have a chance to tune in and listen to him firsthand in the studio on August 13th. All right, we'll take a quick time out. 
You're listening to USA Takedown. It's coming to you from the Wild Rose Casino Studios at 1350. This is ESPN. More coverage of wrestling and MMA continues after this timeout here on USA Takedown, only on 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. Every once in a while, a song pops out, and I have to text Kira right away. I say, Kira, can you please add this song to our bumper collection? And she does, this one being no different, uh, or that artist being no different. It was Jamiroquai and Virtual Insanity. And uh, I could listen to that song over and over and over again. Anyway, glad you're back with us. Uh, We're coming to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios here at 1350 ESPN in Des Moines. And appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you on FM as well at 102.1 FM. One of my favorite people um, in the world is our next guest. Uh, His family has done a remarkable job helping to serve the kids, the children of the state of Iowa uh, through Variety Club. And uh, I believe uh, Brooks Reynolds is joining us on the live line. Brooks, good morning. How are you? Great, Scott. How are you? I'm good, but it's always good to hear that energy you have. I don't know where that well comes from, but it's a well of energy, and uh, you draw on it quite well. And this n- newest venture for you and your partners uh, is is really no different. When I when I heard that uh, was it, Carrie or Corey Hansen is on um, is a partner in this next venture. It's actually Corey and Carrie Hansen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I love the Manhattan Deli and their ability to carry on the legendary tradition of, of fine food. Great, really great product and incredible customer service goes on. And uh, you guys have formed a partnership to bring a new restaurant to Des Moines. And it's called JR's South Pork Ranch. And this, I think, I love the name, first of all. Obviously, it's going to have a pork flavor. But go back to the success you and your partners have enjoyed with the Bacon Festival, I mean, that story all by itself is unbelievable. But where did this idea come to be in the running for the rights to that facility? And to, um, I mean, that's a big deal for the Fair Board to put that building up. Yeah, you know, Scott, it's it's just a great, uh, you know, we are so humbled and honored to be a part of the, uh, you know, greatest fair in the world, the Iowa State Fair. And, and uh, Corey and Carrie Hansen and their executive team at Greek House Chefs you know, they've helped me on a couple of my nonprofit endeavors that we've done uh, with Molten Elementary School. I love that. Uh, we have been we've been feeding those kids a couple times a year, and uh, their CFO Jason Schlepphorst is an old friend of mine, and and I reached out to them about four, three years ago to see if they could help me with my uh, holiday hoodie drive. We we kind of raise money for the kids there and give them a brand new hoodie and and feed them a nice turkey luncheon and. And they're just great people, great, great uh, corporate citizens of Des Moines. But, they're, you know, they're a nationwide company. They're in 32 states. They're a collegiate food service company. And, and uh, you know, when, when the, the old, old location at the Iowa State Fair became available, you know, I needed a, you know, I, I could put on events. But, you know, the hardest thing about an event is to, is to cook food for all those people. And then I needed a culinary team to kind of help you know, create a vision. And, and that's what we did. I reached out to them and asked them, if, Hey, you want to kind of throw your hat in the ring? And, and they jumped at the chance and we kind of, we sat together for a month and just try to brainstorm about what we could do and how we could create a, uh, a new unique spot inside the already, you know, great Iowa state fair. And, 
And uh, we did that, and you know, we were very honored to uh, to you know, I guess get the get the nod to to take over that spot and 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 revamp it, and um, and that's what we've done. We've we've been uh, working, you know, very hard over the last year almost to to uh, you know create a new new spot, and you know, um, I hired a great great gal. Her name's Angie Funk, who was Sidekick Development. She's our my construction consultant. And she has been guiding me along this way. And, you know, I've never built anything like this before. But um, and then we we using the Hanson Company as our general contractor. Uh, you know, there's great companies like the Baker Group uh, that did our mechanical. B.J. Baker, you know, I actually talked to him yesterday. Great guy. And, uh, you know, ABC Electric. So there's so many things that we needed to do to get this building ready in, a, unfortunately, a short window. But, uh, you know, but one of the things that we're bringing is, you know, chef-driven menu. I mean, we make everything pretty much from scratch, uh, you know, we're hand breading all, you know, like the, the, the natural hot chicken sandwich. That's a three day process because we brine the chicken breast. Oh, uh, we're using we're using Berkwood Farms pork, a co-op of 64 family Iowa farmers, uh, which is a you know great pork product, uh, you know, but we want to bring some uh, some different flavors as well. So one of the new things we're also bringing is uh, is a lobster roll. We thought that was something that would kind of be unique and different i, I want to say it's the most expensive item at the iowa state fair for food i'm not quite sure but uh, <laughs> it'll be a, a, a tasty delicious item um but yeah you know obviously you got to wet your whistle with uh with all that great food so we'll have some some ice cold you know uh local craft beer as well from you know our friends at barntown brewery kinship brewery you know peace tree um confluence actually uh, Confluence made a made Carson King's Midwest Legend. It's kind of a unique beer that we're going to be serving at our Craft Corral at the uh, Iowa State Fair. And, Craft Corral. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, we've got it's it, it's it's a fun honky tonk. We've got live music. We've got DJs. We've got amazing food. Uh, it should be a, a great Iowa State Fair. I know where I'm going to find Olympian Roy Salger. If you put the name Honky Tonk out there, affiliated, affiliated with JR's South Fork Ranch, he'll be there because he loves to perform in Honky Tonks. And uh, oh, I think Olympic oh, yeah. silver medalist, uh, Roy Salger, University of Iowa. Um, we're talking with Brooks Reynolds. Um, it's not easy opening a business, let alone a business that is founded on uh, with the intention to provide great product and great service how has it been as far as hiring the right type of staff because this is a 365 uh, a year uh, uh, process in other words your you, your intention is to be open beyond the fair right well we're going to be open for private events and unique events outside of the fair so we're going to be pretty aggressive at booking you know kind of unique food food dinners with inside the iowa state fair grounds not during the fair. Um, I mean, like we're going to do a dinner with Toppling Goliath in the fall. We're going to do another dinner with uh, like a, we're going to showcase some, some like Iowa farmers, you know, Bear Bison down in uh, the, I think it's at the, near uh, Badger Creek or Van Meter area. You know, we're going to do a, I mean, when was the last time you had a good bison steak? Um, you know? I've had bison ground meat, right? But not, yeah. not a bison steak. Yeah, but you know, so we're going to try to just do fun, uh, you know, dinners and and events. You know, we may do a bacon festival of some sort out there, and and again, just try to bring some chef-driven events uh, throughout the year at that space. 
I have an idea for you. This take it as it is, and that is bring in uh, from uh, single speed right up in uh, Waterloo. Bring in mm-hmm. Gable Gold, and then sure. have, have a wrestling themed event where Gable comes himself. I think that'd be a, a wonderful <laughs> idea in the state of Iowa. How about that? Yeah, well, actually, I, uh, I'm I'm good buddies with Troy Peterson of Impact Pro Wrestling, and we have we have chatted briefly about doing some type of uh, of wrestling event at JR South Pork Ranch sometime not during the fair. I think it would be tremendous. We're talking with Brooks Reynolds, uh, whose father and mother um, were instrumental in starting Variety Club, and through that organization, literally thousands of kids have been helped uh, playing. Uh, Children's Hospital and elsewhere, uh, you often see the white vans driving around the Variety Club vans. And uh, I know Dick Young's uh, on on the former KIOA uh, was a, a huge supporter of the Variety Club, as as am I. I think uh, what your family has done has been nothing short of miraculous, and everybody wants to be a part of it. Are you feeling the same uh, in terms of your experience of building the South Park Ranch restaurant? Yeah, you know, we're we're so excited again to be part of the Iowa State Fair. It it is a you know, a huge responsibility. It was a huge process to get everything uh going to you know, in a short time. But you know, we we you know, partnering with the Hansons and Greek House Chefs and their executive team of, you know, their head chef Ahi Sheely, uh their chief operations officer of Frank Hines, their CFO of Jason Schlepporson, their uh marketing director Darcy Hines, you know, it's it takes a village to get this going, and and we have a great village, and you know we're gonna get uh, we're we're actually the building is ninety I would say ninety ninety nine percent done, and we actually get the keys we got the keys this morning, and you know we're moving in we're moving in and getting things ready for the Iowa State Fair. I mean we got less than two weeks to get everything ready to go, and and we'll have a hopefully a, a, some some nice cool weather like today during the Iowa State Fair. We don't need that heat. We, no, <laughs> guys like me, we kind of sweat a little bit in the heat. Yeah, me too. Are you going to have air conditioning? We don't. We don't have air conditioning. Oh no. my goodness sake! Yeah, we we would have loved to, but you know, it's because that place is going to be open all the time. You know, during the fair, and, right? And uh, you know, there there aren't any bars or any sorry enhanced food halls inside the Iowa State Fairgrounds that have air conditioning. Mm. And to become yeah. becoming part of the Iowa State Fair. Uh, it's, it, I'm not quoting you here is a life changing, is life changing for me. How so? Well, you know, for me to have a home to do again, just to kind of ex- spread my culinary, I guess, culinary adventures or culinary, uh, things that we can do with inside that space is great. You know, my, my uncles, when they got my great uncles, when they got back from World War II, Bob and Bill Errol, they had tents at the Iowa State Fair. Is that right? Uh, they sold, yeah, they sold radios and knickknacks and chickens and and uh, so you know, uh, I'm, you know I'm, I'm a fifth generation Iowan. My family moved here from New York in 1851. So you know, again, to be part of the Iowa State Fair is is it is it is life changing. There's not many folks that have the opportunity to have an enhanced food hall with inside the grounds of the Iowa state fair. I believe there's only 10, 10, 10 vendors like myself. So that's, that's a pretty small, great group of people. Everyone's been so great to work with, uh, you know, Eric Campbell, Campbell's concession. I mean, he, he's always a phone call away to, uh, you know, if I have, cause I have a lot of questions 
Because again, <laughs> this is my first foray. You know, Drew County of the Bird's Nest is is a great friend. Uh, Stan Kranovich of Stierenstein, Sue Kirk of Jalapeno Pete's. Uh, I always, you know, I always ask. I don't. I try not to bug her all the time, but I do. I do ask her a bunch of questions. But again, all. All of the vendors out there, you know, they, they, they're like, you know, we want you to succeed. Okay. We want you to, because when you succeed, we succeed. So, and, and you know, we're just going to breathe a little new life in, the, in, in, in marketing and, you know, bring kind of an interesting social media presence out there. But uh, it'll be, um, it'll be a, a great, uh, you know, hopefully great fair for years to come. Yeah, you had an opportunity to literally break ground. Uh, with the uh, you know those highly collectible shovels, <laughs> correct. But you were in a, if I recall, you were in a red um, uh, suit. Is that right? I was. I was in a red suit that had like eagles on it and stars, and it was like you know very Americana. Yeah, I don't know where yeah. you get them, son, but you got one of the greatest collection of specialty <laughs> suits, and, and your dad does too, for that matter. He does. He does. He's uh, I, I deck him out in bacon gear whenever I can, and he's a good sport about it. <laughs> All right. Is there an event coming up in uh, Japan? We're hoping so. We, 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 we do have an event kind of dialed in. We're just waiting to see how things are shaping up over there. Uh, we were going to do a six-city tour called Porktober and, <laughs> and basically bring Iowa pork to the – you know, the U.S. exports $1.6 billion plus of U.S. pork to Japan – I think the Iowa is, is like three hundred plus million dollars. So, you know, we're just promoting Iowa pork and Iowa farmers. That's a significant, uh, significant amount of pork, and Iowa is number one in terms of raising pork. If I if I recall, uh, we're Correct. talking with the uh, uh, the founder of what has become JR's South Pork Ranch. Now, if you remember the TV show Dallas, I got to believe you're playing on that a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> and th- there's always, uh, at Bacon Fest, you always have a theme uh, at Bacon Fest, and, and I love that. I remember one year we had uh, pro wrestling there, if you recall, and you were able to bring in uh, some big names, big name stars, and we put them on the air doing the radio show. They're live. Um, when will we see the Bacon Fest uh, back in action here in Des Moines? Uh, we are gearing up to do an event in February of 2022. Uh, we would love to do one this year, but it just didn't work out. And we felt that if we did one in the fall, it kind of we didn't want to have one in the fall and then want to get in the spring. So our, uh, we are in the process of planning and announcing the theme and the date. You'll, that'll probably come out in hopefully late September, early October, and then you know go live with tickets and and hopefully have a. Again, a fun day of all things bacon. And <laughs> that takes me to the next. Is the menu going to be pork-centric? <laughs> At JR's? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have a Nashville hot pork sandwich. We have a bacon pickle mac and cheese. We have a um, bacon molasses ice cream sandwich. We have a peanut butter bacon ice cream sandwich that has banana ice cream. Uh, we have oh, the bacon fanny pack. So if you can get a fanny pack. That's a you know has a JR brand. It's a it's a it's a great you know custom fanny pack, and then you get a you get ten pieces of bacon. So when you're walking around the fair, you can if you know if you get hungry, you can just snack on bacon. <laughs> this, 
this I, is I saw that and I was like got to that's it's so typical Brooks right it's yeah. it's just wacky those are, in limited, those are in limited quantity we only have a thousand of those oh, oh okay. those are gonna go only quick a thousand. yeah no, yeah a thousand is a lot but they'll go quick you got to remember that yeah. fair brings in over a million visitors yeah during I was 10 about days. to I was about to say can you tell I'm not from from around here <laughs> I'm gonna take a look at my schedule and see what the first day I'm gonna be able to go to the fair so I can see firsthand JR's, okay? I'm so excited. Right? I know I'm going to be there the 22nd for the Doobie Brothers. Are you planning on going to any show out there? Uh, I'm going to Chris Stapleton. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I got to work. Uh, no five-finger death punch? No, I'm not, I'm not a big five-finger death punch fan. <gasps> me neither. I don't know where. Yeah. Well, you know, can't, can't you bring in Neil in Diamond? laser Wicket is <laughs> shaking. <laughs> hey, Brooks, it's always good to talk to you, brother. I know that you and your partners are putting in a lot of time, effort. Uh, your interview with Marcus McIntosh on uh, Channel 8 here in Des Moines uh, was outstanding. But the one thing I took away from uh, that interview is that you are over budget. How difficult has this whole process been from licensing, from putting together the bid? I mean, this is a monumental effort. You know it is. It's you know it's unfortunate that the, that we're in a time where construction costs are ungodly at the moment. But mm -hmm. we had to get it done, and we had to you know unfortunately bite that bullet and, and do what we needed to do to get the get this building ready for the Iowa State Fair. And you know you know it's just going to take a little longer to make make <laughs> the loan back, but uh, we'll get there. And and you know we're we're very excited. I mean you know we we are um, you know we're actually moving in today. We're going to start doing some prepping and test cook, test cooking in our new, in our, I mean, we have a brand new state of the art kitchen. That's, that's what I hear. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, we didn't, we, you know, we, we got a lot of new stuff cause we got to cook a lot of food and, you know, hope to see you there at, at, at the fair. Oh, goodness sakes. Uh, you know, I'm a fan, but uh, I'm so glad we're friends because I get to live vicariously through you and your exploits. And uh, I, for one, know you're having one heck of a good time. And so are your friends and partners. They do an outstanding job, and they are led by, uh, you know, one of the absolute greats in terms of promotion and in terms of pride for the state of Iowa, Brooks Reynolds. Thanks, Brooks. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. God bless you, buddy. I'll see you very soon, okay? Yep. There we go. Uh, you know, we think about the state fair. Now, do you go several times usually? Me? Yeah. I've never been. I'm sorry, what? I've never been. I'm for for everyone listening. Yeah. Fun fact. I'm not from here. I'm from Missouri where state fairs are not a huge deal. County uh, fairs are, but state the state fair is like eh. I wonder where your accent came from. Oh, it's Missouri. <laughs> and Brooks had a New York accent. His family's from New York, but uh, that's five generations ago, so it's more of a joke, but um you've got to go. And I know the radio station are any of our uh, family stations doing live broadcasting oh, from absolutely. the fair this year? Um I think Star is. I mean, we're gonna have a Des Moines radio group booth, so come say hi when the state when the state fair comes around. But yeah, I'll absolutely be there helping out. Um, and I'm so excited. Are you really? <laughs> I'm so excited. I think I'm the only person in this building who's actually excited for the fair. If um, you've been doing the fair as long as I have been, okay, and I've done hundreds and hundreds of shows from, let's say, the Crystal Studio as you walk into the fairgrounds. There's an actual building that has gear in it 365 days a year, but it's only used about 11 days. 
mm-hmm. and limited use at that. But people walk through watching people do radio. In other words, watching somebody sitting in a room talking to themselves, <laughs> which is basically what radio is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people are always a little bit, well, you know, can I come in and watch you do the show? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, it's not that exciting. <laughs> anyway, there's more to the program. Coming up next, Spencer Lee. Yeah, you know him from the University of Iowa and the Hawkeyes. But we're going to get uh, down and dirty with Spencer on the NIL, the name, image, and likeness ruling that has come down. Spencer Lee, the first shirt out there. And we're going to talk to him about why he is intending to be successful at this venture. Stay tuned. There's more. This is USA Takedown. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. I hate to walk over that. I just <laughs> That's great music. All right, welcome back to the show. USA Takedown, uh, doing what we do. We talk to the legends, and one of those legends currently in process is our next guest. In other words, he is a legend based on his past performance and even more so on what he will be doing in the future. Sitting out this Olympic um, uh, Games is Spencer Lee. Uh, he was injured um some would say a career ending, but uh, Spencer is doing everything the right way in terms of getting health to, back to health. And uh, I can't wait to watch him wrestle again. He joins us now, Spencer Lee. Spencer, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, buddy. It's nice to hear your voice. Um, first of all, uh, there was, a, a, I think, a pretty sizable controversy going on for the last several years about uh, an athlete not being able to profit from his name, his um uh, image or his likeness. And, um, the vote came down that we were going to make it, uh, legal for the athletes to be able to sign with organizations and actually earn a living. You're no, are there any restrictions on what you can or can't do? Well, I mean, that's kind of a tough question because (laughs) I mean, there are restrictions, like you can't do anything that's, um, like pay for play or, like I couldn't, I couldn't like get offered to wrestle against so and so for X amount of money. That's legal. That's like that's like a pro benefit, not right. a name yeah. likeness benefit. So there are things like that. Um, we're not allowed to do anything with like alcohol or tobacco sales. Um, certain like certain things like that where there's restrictions that like in my head make pretty pretty good sense. And, and I think it's it's healthy that we have the construct. In other words, you know, we know what the rules are. But you were one of the very first athletes in the sport of wrestling, if not the first athlete, uh, to sign on with Barstool Sports. Um, and I, I think it's interesting to see all the other athletes that are doing that. Well, since Barstool, uh, you signed another deal, and that was with MGC Sports, uh, well-known for signing Trevor Lawrence as well. Clemson football star. Talk to us a bit about the the effort because seemingly, uh, you know, you are poised to make some serious uh, money because of these arrangements and these agreements. Uh, uh, congratulations on that, buddy. I, I was so pleased. And talking with Ironside, too, by the way, uh, he'll be on next week. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to promote the Spencer Lee brand. But uh, is your family involved in this as well? 
Yeah, my my uh my father is pretty heavily involved in it. Uh, he works with uh, you know higher education, works with money, like works with people. He's pretty good with this kind of stuff, contracts, you know, things like that. So uh, I trust what he says, what he does. So um, he ultimately thought that maybe the best thing for me was to find an agent or manager. So uh, you know, a couple agencies and stuff they reach out to me. Um, I sent all the information from the first day, July 1st. Anyone who contacted me, I just sent to my father. And uh, ultimately, he uh, kind of narrowed it down to a couple people, and then we had a meeting with them, and then we ended up picking them. Uh, so my, my agent is Kyle Strong, and he's a uh, MGC Sports. He's an awesome guy, um, works with a lot of NFL players. They're like a law firm down in North Carolina. <laughs> so he's he's been awesome to work with. You know, it's been the first month since NL came out, so been fun i think it's um, interesting to watch this whole process um evolve okay to investigate various things that our athletes can do be the spokesperson for sunglasses or in your case uh, uh you guys have come up with a great clothing line tell us about that so um first person i uh partnered up with like officially and like signed with kind of was with the Ironside mm-hmm. and uh, um, he like you said you're gonna have mom next week someone high high level mentality individual uh, wants what's best for me so he ended up making gear for me that say excuses are for wusses um, <laughs> from my quote obviously <laughs> in my interview after winning nationals uh, this year in that ESPN interview and I... then uh, he made my like my own like he made gear with my own like logo on it. He made he made a logo for me. Uh, he's been awesome to work with. So, um, you can obviously ask him more about next week. But he's been great. Uh, most recently, actually yesterday, um, I came out with a T-shirt that said "F excuses, excuses are for wusses." I know that's a little more vulgar, but that's the quote I said um, in the ESPN inter- interview. I made I made those shirts with uh, Dave Portnoy at Barstool. Yeah, so I worked with him directly, which is super cool. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone's listening, to, like from Barcelona or whatnot, but uh, I think that I, I mean, I was super impressed. He was he was awesome. He worked on me like one on one. He never sent an email to anyone else. I just worked with him. He uh, he made everything easy. He just he just said, "We'll get it done." Did this? Thought it was a good idea. Um, I don't know. I'm just super humbled that I had this opportunity. Um, so and and that's pretty, pretty cool. That is so traditional for athletes, especially in the sport of wrestling, to be humble okay to be down to earth um like pat downey for example not humble but he's he's the other end of the extreme right (laughs) all right so the question out there how are you and how are you recovering from your injury uh so far so good i mean it's just a one the one day at a time kind of thing we just focus on what's next best thing for me and every day it's i'm training i'm getting in shape um I'm getting ready for whatever they're going to make me do this year. Um, whenever I compete, whenever they, they let me let me go out there and do, do what I love to do. So I'm just trying to stay as healthy as I can, get my knees healthy, and uh, get stronger and better every day. That's pretty much all I've been focusing on. Great. And that's it's so important. You've got people you can trust for the business side of it. And you're there doing your job. And the good news for wrestling fans is that we get to see you go after your fourth NCAA championship, courtesy of what? The COVID, right? I mean, thank, thankfully, the NCAA has deemed it 
uh, possible for athletes should they want to, and gosh knows the fans definitely want you to, to make that comeback for that extra year of eligibility. Was there ever a time you didn't think that was going to happen? I mean, I think that what went through my head was, you know, focus on winning your third title. Um, If if there's any time where they said, no, you can't compete, uh, I think we would have, you know, maybe went a legal route, try and get me my last year or something. I mean, I don't think I was ever worried. Uh, I believe my administration here at the University of Iowa and my coaches and my father in dealing with that kind of stuff, my job was just to win the next time out. So I went out there to do my job. So I wasn't, I wasn't like super worried. I mean, yeah, it's always a thought in the back of your mind where you're like, wow, what if this is my last year officially, no matter what, even though, you know, I was the one seed or whatever at the previous national tournament and never even got a chance to uh, wrestle. So. I love this quote by you. Uh, When asked whether or not you would be returning, you said, what do you think I'm going to do? And you smiled. (laughs) I like that because you know what? That's confidence. It's not cockiness. It's confidence. And if one thing uh, that you learn from the brands, uh, Coach Tom and Terry, both of them, uh, is that they are very humble people. Uh, Their actions speak louder than any words ever. And those are the kind of guys I would surround myself with. Obviously, you picked a very... Uh, good school to go to, one with, you know, the legendary coaches that they are, but you're surrounded with very good teammates as well. Uh, what can you tell us about your team? Is there going to be any changes made that we should be aware of or that are in the works? I mean, as of right now, I mean, all, everyone that started last year is coming back. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's very, very possible that we have the same lineup. This may be the strongest Iowa Hawkeye wrestling team. Uh, in a long time. I mean, seriously, this is the game changer this coming season. The game changer. When you make your comeback, will it be right before the NCAA championships? And I don't want to say comeback, but you come back to the sport, to active competition. And do I I have that information correct where you would be most likely appearing right before the NCAAs? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do what I'm, I'm told to do and what they think is best for me. Maybe I'll compete every match this season, or maybe I won't. I, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm obviously a little older. Um, I'm definitely not, you know, 100% yet, but we're getting there. And uh, folks, you know, I'm trying to get better every day, get healthy one, one day at a time. And I'll compete whenever they tell me I should compete. And when I do compete, I'll be ready to go. So Going for us fourth is our next guest, or our current guest, uh, Spencer Lee. You describe uh, your team as my brothers. That is a, uh, a very, to have been a Hawkeye at one time, like uh, Roy Salger, for example. I mean, this is a family. And uh, it's evidenced by the fans that you attract, the sport attracts, like Barb Reynolds, for example. Nobody loves this sport more than Barb. Mark Ironside, turns out he's a heck of a broadcaster, you know, doing a very good job at describing the action over radio on the sport of wrestling. And I love that. But we see, by the way, if you're Mark Ironside and somebody wrote a song about you, that song became an award-winning video about you. Okay. And the song's called take you down. I think it's pretty cool. You need a song, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think of that? I don't know. That's, I mean, I think that's super cool. That's now the, the obviously teams and teammates are important. Um, Ryan Morningstar recently had a birthday. I don't know if you know that. 
Yeah. Was it yesterday? I I think uh-huh. it was yesterday. Any anyway, I I sent him a nice uh, little text just to uh, congratulate him. That's a tremendous coach. I'm so glad he returned to the University of Iowa to coach. Uh, is an amazing athlete, but really a good coach. I I believe he can raise some pretty decent pigs too. What are your thoughts? <laughs> he's uh he's like he's like the most down to earth like awesome guy I've ever met. I mean, he is just so easy to talk to. He he's coaching and recruiting and and watching film twenty four seven. I mean, the guy is just he just lives and breathes sport wrestling. So I mean. I mean, eventually there's going to be a day where he may not be a Hawkeye coach and he might be a head coach somewhere, and all I know is he's going to make a dang good head coach. Whoever gets him is blessed to have him. So, All right, so we go back to name, image, likeness. It became, um, uh, it came into being July 1st, and it was yep. then your phone started ringing off the hook. Uh, I mean, amazing uh, number of people want to be in the Spencer Lee business. And you've got to be very careful about those that you align yourself with. Your dad, you know, sitting at the helm of the ship, making sure that uh, your best interests are represented. That's a real important job. And I am so grateful that it's family and somebody uh, that I appreciate is your father uh, and the way he's raised you. And I told him that in St. Louis, uh, you were wrestling in a one-off event that David Miracatani, uh was uh, was at. Uh, or promoted, I should say. But one of the things that, you know, I like about you is you are down to earth. And I think fans like to see that and like to be around people like you, uh, certainly as high caliber uh, athlete uh, as you are. And did you always know that your name would be marketable? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, I was always, you know, someone who spoke well in interviews or, carried himself in a way that maybe people might like. I mean, I've never been one to showboat or or talk bad about anybody. It's right. always just been, you know, my, I mean, it's, it's, to me, respect is the most important thing in the sport. You got respect all for your none kind of thing, you no know, mindset like that. Sure. So it's always about respect. I mean, I never, I never like post pictures of me wrestling opponents. I never, you know, I never do anything derogatory towards them. I always, no, I don't even celebrate because I think that's derogatory towards them. That's just kind of how my mind works. So I, I don't know. Maybe people like that. Some people like people who celebrate because they think it's you know there's always a time. I think it's cool. I think people celebrate. I don't think it's a big a bad thing, you know. But I don't know. Being marketable is. I think it's different. I think other people can be marketable for different reasons, you know. Right. Like me and AJ Ferrari, I wouldn't say that we're similar people, but I think he's extremely marketable and people love him. You. For, you know, his interview in a very different way than my interview, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that one comes to mind, you know? I mean, very marketable. You know, that's who he is. It's, he's not going to change. He's, he's a good guy. And and I'm just saying that my interview was very different than his. But we both, you know, could be marketed off that in, in mm-hmm. very different ways. So I think he will be marketable in different ways. And I think that, you know, I always knew that uh, I'd be easy to align with, with, with deals or brands or not because I'm, pretty simple and I'm straightforward and as to I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to change for anybody. I don't care about the money. No one's going to give me enough money to make me change who I am. I don't care enough that much. I just, I want to be the best in the world. And that's the end of the day. That's all I care about is being the best in the world. Um, you stay out and 
not focused on making money here and there. I'm focused on winning. And if money comes, money comes. It's you got to get those t-shirts, by the way, fans. You got to get a Spencer Lee t-shirt or other gear available through Mark Ironside's uh, online store as well. And you were quoted as saying it's not really about making money or anything. It's just about, you know, helping grow wrestling. That's the responsibility we all share, right? Yep, I think it's, that's what NIL should be about. Um, unless you're obviously like in football or basketball where your sport's already extremely large, I think you can obviously help grow the sport in different ways if you're in those sports where it could be charitable donations or, you know, that kind of thing where you have a bigger platform than, than maybe wrestling does. But I think that we should be focusing on growing our sport into making it into a sport that could be as large as that. It may never be that large. Um, just because of the pro scene and whatnot. But we can try and make it as big and as popular as possible. And I think people um, like me and, and others, obviously, in, in the country have a platform that they should use to try and help grow that. So. Mm. It's always uh, fun to talk to you. I know that uh, you and I share a good relationship. And uh, mine is I share that relationship with you happily because literally one of the level best wrestlers I've ever seen compete. There's no higher level than what you're wrestling at. Um, And perhaps we will see you in the next go-round at the Olympic Games. We'll see how everything works out and plays out. But congratulations on a successful launch. NIL is uh, hopefully going to be working in your favor in a great big way, surely for the fans as well. Appreciate the time, bud. Best to your coaches. Best to you at your family. Uh, Thanks for having me again, Scott. I really appreciate it. It's one of my favorite guys. Spencer Lee has been brought to you in part by our friends at Hear.com. Great hearing aids, uh, great products, great prices. And by the way, if you put the forward slash Casper at the end of it, Hear.com forward slash Casper, even better savings when you do that. Go in that way and uh, be a part of the success that is Hear.com. All right, stay tuned. Joe Brammer is going to be talking with us. He's the president at Elite Edge Transformation Center, Inc., And uh, he's got a special guest coming in a little later on in this month. We'll talk to you about that and uh, talk to Joe about that, I should say, after this timeout. Stay tuned. There's more from USA Takedown. I'm Scott Casper, Kira Jones. We go to break. We'll be back after this. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. Welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership as we go coast to coast, border to border, and all those ships at sea. And appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk to you folks every week. Sometimes I get to reconnect with old friends, and I was at the fight at Jefferson. I was able to reconnect with Joe Brammer, president and founder of Elite Edge and Elite Edge Transformation Center Incorporated. He joins us now. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Our first, you hear me okay? Oh, you sound great, but I, I, I think our first time working together was uh, actually to fight at, I believe it was Vets Auditorium, was it not? Vets Auditorium. Uh, we were the commentary team. Yes. And uh, I don't think you'd done it prior to that, or had you? I had not. That was the first, but, you know, I had an old pro like Scott there to walk me through <laughs> it. So Old, definitely. Um, but, no, I remember that your ability to to uh, describe the action, what the fighters are going to, is in part because 
it's personal for you. You've had that experience, but uh, you go on to find or found uh, Elite Edge Gym. And I remember walking in to uh, the Waukee location back then, and you were painting the floor. And do, yeah. do you remember that? I do remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. But you, you've never been afraid to do the hard work, whether it was as a fighter, uh, a promoter, a uh, business builder. You want to be successful, and you work your butt off for that, uh, toward that end, I should say. Tell You know, people yeah. say, and I can never imagine you being an overweight kid, okay? <laughs> I can never imagine that. But you are physically very gifted. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, when uh, you got, you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty. And uh, yeah, when we first started out, it was all, uh, it was just me. I didn't know what I was doing. I went straight from being a professional fighter into uh, opening up a gym. And there was a lot of uh, figuring it out and doing it yourself. And now we're up to, uh, we've got eight locations all over the state now. So it's, it's been crazy to see it grow. And uh yeah. We're going to have to get you and Elite Edge as a sponsor of this very show. I don't mind bragging yeah. about my friends, but i got to tell you, I'm so pleased of your success. You've got an event coming up. Um, is it the 30th? It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, the 31st, 31st. I believe. Okay. Tell us and, about uh, it. Yeah, so what we do, we're having a, uh, we're doing a fundraiser for Blank Children's Hospital. It's, uh, you know, obviously a great charity. I, uh, a couple of my sons, actually, you know, they were in the NICU there for, for several months when they were first born. So uh, it's special. It's near and dear to my heart. And, and we'd actually been doing charity events with blanks uh, for the past eight years. My kids are both under the age of two. But uh, so now it's just even more of a special charity for me because of all the time we spent down there. And uh, the, the, the staff there is tremendous. You know, a lot of hospitals don't do what they do for the families of the, of the children. And so to that, we're doing it uh, in Ankeny, Iowa, at our Elite Edge Ankeny. Uh, we're having a huge event. It's going to be a charity workout, $10 minimum donation. You can definitely donate more if you want. 100% of the proceeds go to Blank Children's Hospital. We're also doing an auction it's not an auction, excuse me, a raffle with some amazing prizes, TVs, air fryers. We got uh, stuff from Fit Farm. Um, the MCCs donated some tickets, Northern Iowa Fights, uh, Rapid Fire Relief, Kevin Burns, Johnny Case, the MCC, uh, Three Sons Construction. Uh, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out there. There's a bunch of sponsors. but So there, we're doing an auction with all those, Lola's, Paramount Barbering, Method Inc., and the big main event, I guess you could say, is going to be Nate Diaz is going to be there, UFC superstar. He's going to be there. He's going to be doing a boxing seminar. We're going to have Randy Spence there. He's a no-gi world champion. Uh, he's going to be doing a jiu-jitsu seminar. We're going to have food there from Lola's, food there from Rosati's. Uh, they're sponsors, too. They're going to have all kinds of food there. We're going to have games, a bounty house for the kids, <laughs> a human foosball snow cones, uh, all kinds of, we're even going to have a little, some alcoholic beverages there. Wow. If that's what you're into. Uh, so it's going to be I'm a gonna, whole big thing. Can I, can I pause you there? What's, what's human foosball? Because to me, that just sounds like soccer. 
<laughs> yeah, so it is so basically it's a these this company they bring in a big uh I don't know how big, but big enough for twelve people to be in it and you have to keep your hands on the pole like you're the the foosball players and it's basically soccer, but you are confined with your movement by the uh the pole, I guess you would call it, of the foosball if that makes sense. I'm I'm gonna have to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've never played human foosball myself, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to trying it out. I can barely do human radio, let alone human foosball. <laughs> Our guest, Joe Brammer, a uh, longtime friend, a great story in his own right, but you um, have been training some of the level best fighters, uh, including getting Johnny Case, Hollywood Johnny Case, ready for his first ever boxing match. What were your thoughts on that night? It, it was, uh, you know, the guy that he fought, they said he had a hundred uh, previous boxing matches. So when you have somebody with that level of experience, it was his pro debut also. But so he had a hundred amateur boxing matches, which that's a lot. Uh, so we weren't really sure what to expect, but we figured he was going to be pretty seasoned. So we took it pretty serious. And Johnny's training's always been, you know, pretty favored to the striking. So it, it wasn't like a hard transition. We just kind of had to work on more of those uh, ranges, like the inside range that you don't have in MMA where you would be grappling. Well, you can't do that in boxing. So we just worked on a few ranges like that and, and really worked on him imposing that jab right away. And that's what he did. And, uh, I mean, he, he definitely he showcased his skills. I think it was a second-round TKO. So he definitely, uh, he looked great out there, and we just came out and started putting the jab in his face right off the bat, and uh, and he executed the game plan perfect. I thought so, too. I was uh, there working the event, and, uh, I, you know, I get kind of a different look at a fight than most fans uh, coming and going through the locker rooms, the back rooms, and uh, watching guys like Johnny sell tickets. I mean, he had 236 tickets sold. At last, uh, I counted, and that was easily um, half of the audience was were Johnny Case fans. And that fight uh, was at the very end, his fight, and I couldn't. It's like I was antsy for that fight. I wanted to see it, you know. I had to be very patient, but uh, up close and personal is the best way to see it. And and I got to be witness to his boxing debut. Uh, has he, I think he told us that he's looking forward to doing more boxing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think he definitely should do it. The, the good thing about boxing is it's becoming with all the stuff with Jake Paul and everybody. It's, <laughs> it's kind of making a comeback in a weird way. It's almost like in a pro wrestling type of way, but it, it is getting the notoriety. And I've always been, uh, a big boxing fan myself. That was my first martial art I trained in was boxing. And, you know, um, I think, uh, I think it's a good opportunity because I think he's going to be going back over there to Japan to do some MMA and the way the agreement allows him to do boxing stateside to, uh, to kind of, uh, just stay active and, and make a living and, uh, sharpen those skills until they're ready for him over in Japan. He told me. I his, think we're definitely going to do more. What championship is he going to in Japan? Uh, Ryzen. Ryzen. So he, the guy who is a Ryzen, which used to be Pride, they changed it, you know, that whole thing. They came back as Ryzen, same company, though. 
just different uh, operating name. And the guy who now has their 155-pound belt, Johnny TKO'd him, I think, just two or three years ago in Ryzen because he's fought there before. So he's already got a TKO win over their current uh, 155-pound world champion. Johnny's going to make bank over there, and they promised him three round trips back home a year. There you go. Can't like, beat that. If, if first class. <laughs> there you go. And he That's truly is Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. He has one of those very disarming smiles. You know, Johnny's smile literally lights up the room. Great father. Uh, turns yeah. out uh, he hadn't fought in front of a hometown crowd in 10 years. Uh, earlier, yeah. in the, earlier in the program, we had the official on that officiated Johnny's fight. Okay. Adam Pollock. And he is a boxing historian and uh, also an attorney, but a boxing historian. And he believes that uh, boxing is going to end is making a comeback in kind of a hybrid fashion. In other words, we have kickboxing and boxing side by side in the same night. Uh, I really yeah. like that formula. And Monty Cox, God bless Monty, he uh, has recognized the opportunity by putting those two together, drawing in. Uh, some great fans, and they came out in droves. That was nice to see a crowd back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, and I agree. I think uh, boxing's making a resurgence, and it's, it's like you said, in kind of a hybrid, kind of a different type of uh, way, but I, I definitely think it's great, and I think it's uh, it's good to see. Joe Brammer, I guess, president of Elite Edge Transformation Centers and uh, doing a great job, got some good partners going on. And uh, that's so important, uh, have people that can carry on what your vision has been and what it is, uh, and that's you're surrounding yourself with, with good people. Uh, and people want to be around you, too. You're a t- tremendous trainer, and uh, having gone through what you went through in early life, uh, I know for a fact that uh, you know, you're literally busting your butt, not just for your business, but the people you serve. And that's uh, those boxers, those uh, wrestlers, those MMA fighters or people that just want to be in better shape and, you know, get their life together physically. Anyway, um, I've got to ask you about your opinion on Simone Biles pulling out of the Olympic competition recently, doing it very publicly talking about her state of mental health. What were your thoughts when you heard that? I, you know, I'm not really in the loop with everything. I've kind of heard, I don't know. I guess I really don't know because I haven't heard much about it. What are the details? She said she has a mental health problem. Or? Yeah, and she hasn't been very specific, but, um, you know, that's a big statement coming from somebody as important to their sport, uh, like she is with gymnastics. But it's also a, I think, uh, uh, you know, she's no longer hiding the struggle she's having, but instead she's seeking rest, relaxation and help. Uh, you know, to deal with depression and the anxieties that come with being a high-level athlete. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you see that in uh, in boxing or MMA or not, but, you know, you take a look at the, you know, deconstruction of one's life as exhibited by Diego Sanchez. Um, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's lived that, you know, that certain uh, lifestyle that people, you can't be that guy all the time. And uh, Couture says we're all going to lose sometime. So, you know, that there, there comes a value in winning, but sometimes the even greater value are in the losses. Joe Brammer, I guess. Joe, give them the website. So we know for a fact, 
uh, these folks can uh, come out and mate, uh, meet uh, Diaz or take part in all the great food offerings, surprises, uh, human foosball, uh, all of that. How can people be better in touch and informed? Yeah, just go to www.eliteedgym.com and you can check us out or go to our Facebook and or you can go to Nate Diaz's face or uh, Instagram rather Diaz Brothers 209 and check that out uh, Elite Edge MMA Ankeny on Instagram too and all those details are just come out at a festivity start at 9 a.m. tomorrow oh well 100, 116 Southeast Lorenz Drive up in Ankeny Iowa now what is the cost of a Nate Diaz um autograph so that i mean that's really going to be on uh on on nate i i you know last time he was here he was just doing it for free and he took pictures with every single person love that and he went way out of his way you know sometimes uh different celebrities i've seen them you know not want to deal with people but he was last time he was here after the first connor fight or the second connor fight i can't remember which but i mean he was a big star already at this point and uh yeah, I mean, he was really great with everybody. Took pictures, signed autographs with everybody that came. Uh, so, you know, and he's also donated for the for the raffle. He's got he's donated. I already have the hat here. It's an autographed hat from his corner when he fought Connor the second time. Oh wow! So that's going to be a huge item. I don't know what the uh, memorabilia value of that would be, but I'm sure it's up there. You remember when I had Rampage here, right? Because the oh, fight, yeah. Wells Fargo oh, yeah. Arena, and um, uh, Rampage's manager at the time was a guy named Juanito Ibarra, Ibarra, and uh-huh. John, as a lot of people call him John, apparently that's the same as Juanito, uh, but John was well known for the hat, more of a bucket-style hat that he wore, and uh, wore it very well, and I teased him about it and complimented him on it as well, and at the end of that experience with Rampage and Juanito in Des Moines on uh, taking them to the airport, he had signed that hat, and that's perhaps my greatest um, hat in my collection, uh, the autographed oh, there hats. You go. So maybe I'll need to come out and win that uh, Nate Diaz auction. <laughs> auction. What do you think about that? <laughs> there you go. All right, buddy boy. Um, up against it. Appreciate you taking the time to join us today to talk about hey, the thanks. event. Anything I can do to help, please don't hesitate to reach out. I love what you're doing and how you're doing it. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Well, hey, it was great catching up with you, man. Always great to talk with you, and I appreciate you having us on the show and helping us spread the word. <laughs> it was so good to see you in Jefferson. EliteEdgeGym.com online. That's where you're going to find all the information about this event and the opportunity to literally make a life transition and make it elite. And he's been our guest, Joe Brammer, the founder there. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Scott. I'll there talk we go. to you. You bet. And I hope the event cure is uber successful because you don't do it because uh, you just want to have fun. No, you put this thing together, events like this, like Joe does, uh, put, it, put it together to raise awareness of the opportunities that um, uh, in building perhaps your own Elite Edge uh, training center, right? So, hey, want to thank all of our sponsors. USA Takedown has been brought to you by Wild Rose Casino and Resorts. Hey, you can't win if you don't play, right? By Here.com. That's Here.com forward slash Casper. By our buddy Trent Weatherman, the former Cyclone, your Northwestern Mutual Financial Consultant. By our friends at Defense Soap. 
Defense Soap, keeping athletes happy, healthy, and on the mat. Oh, man, Defense Soap. And by Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines South Side. That's the chow hall for wrestlers. By bearing apparel when only the best will do. And by Matt Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping, taking care of my family and businesses for years and years. It's Matt Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. By Jim Sinclair and Paul Szynski. Uh, tremendous assets to our wrestling community and the communities in which they live. By Don Boyd and Five Talents, Wealth Management and Advantage Physical Therapy. For Kara Jones, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to USA Takedown. We'll talk to you again next week.